Blog Talk Radio. Yakuza! Yakuza! Yakuza Kick Radio! 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 This is the bulldozer, Matt Tremont. That there's one place to listen to on the internet every Thursday, 9 p.m. Yakuza Kick Radio. Tremont says so. Who wants some? God help us, Jesus! God and baby, Jesus! Help us. Ladies and gentlemen of fucking America, this is Danny Havoc, and you have been listening to, or possibly are intending to listen to, the Yakuza Kick fucking radio. Fucking, yeah, Yakuza Kick radio. Hell fucking yeah! My name is Justice Payne, and you are listening to Yakuza Kick radio. You're coming to come on this is a brotherhood, and we all stick together. Like my nuts. I ain't scared of you, motherfucker. Yakuza Kick Radio, the best in internet wrestling radio, period, bar none, just like Adam Cole. Everybody's a cunt but me in the world. I don't know what it is. But you go to the back, and you tell your boss that there's a new Yakuza in town. And Yakuza Kick Radio, and we're taking over. Yakuza Kick Radio has risen from the action of bad internet radio and become the premier place for any independent professional wrestler to stop and record their voice. Well, this is Mr. Insanity Toby Klein, and if you're not listening to Yakuza Kick Radio, then you're weird. Oh, I don't like the cut of your jib, fella. This is Greg Excellent, bearded dragon of the Northeast. You're listening to Yakuza Kick Radio. If you're not, you're probably watching porn. You have this muted. You should be listening to it. Jason Mann. Where are Biggie and Tupac? Yakuza Kick Radio. Give a nigga rope on that cowboy, guys. All you have to do is listen to Yakuza Kick Radio, but you couldn't. Now look at that guy. You only fuck that. Black dude. Bullshit, man. Motherfucker. Fuck you. Fuck you and fuck you. Who's next? And now, ladies and gentlemen, for the introduction. Hosted by J. Cat Morris. You are now listening to Yakuza Kick Radio. I said, didn't I tell your punk ass boy he couldn't handle no goddamn cookies? Are you listening when I tell the faggot he couldn't handle? Now I'm telling your short ass he can't handle no goddamn milk cookies. Allow me to reintroduce myself. My name is J-Cat Morris. Welcome to Yakuza Kick Radio. I'm back on this motherfucker, man. And it's been a minute, and I got a lot of shit to say. I mean, you already know, you know, when it comes to me, I always got a lot of shit to say. But, you know, being off the air for a while, motherfuckers might have forgot who the fuck they dealing with. Um, You know, and, and I'm not coming from a stance of like, y'all. All, all bear witness to the fucking great and mighty J-Cat, but, you know, these podcast motherfuckers, man, they run around here on some bullshit, and, um, we're gonna talk about a, a couple of these motherfuckers in a minute, but, um, so, so what's been going on, guys, uh, there's, that's, like, the most ridiculous question I could ask, because there's no way for you to answer it, but, um, you know, I've been around, I've been on Facebook, everything is not like I've been gone from the planet, um, but it, it's good to be back on this, um, Straight up, couldn't really afford this motherfucker um, for a bit. <clears throat> it's uh, pretty expensive, and um, I know a lot of people, you know, you're getting ripped off, and that's fine. I get it. Um, but I actually ended up going with, like, a lower package, so it ended up being uh, cheaper, and I should have thought of that earlier. 
And, um, so anyway, I'm good. I'm back. Um, just random shit, man. Let's just get into some random shit, uh, right off the bat. Man, I was in the gym, right? A couple weeks ago now. I would have told you earlier, but I wasn't on here. And, uh, the client and the, uh, personal trainer are sitting on the, on the floor upstairs, uh, where there's like, you know, an area for mats and, um, upstairs is the treadmills and, and all that shit. You know, they have their setup with the cables up there and you got a bunch of shit up there. So, um, I go up there to do some cable shit. And, um, as I get up there, I hear the, um, the client, you know, cause the trainer's just going on and on and talking about the weather and this and that. And they're sitting down across from each other. So the client goes, and, and this is like an older woman. She's like, probably in her 50s, 60s, something like that, you know, and she goes, are we going to do another set of those things, and the personal trainer goes, I don't know, you wanna, I didn't know how you were feeling, I, I, I wanted to fucking lose my shit, I wanted to throw the trainer off the fucking balcony of that motherfucker, like, how, how is it that the fucking client has more initiative and is a little bit more driven than the trainer that was content with just talking about the weather. I was like, I don't know. Do you want to do another one? The trainer should be pushing you to fucking do more. What, what kind of shit is this? Why are they paying these motherfuckers? It's, it's unbelievable. You see the craziest shit out there. There's people in every genre, every, every um, job, every, every field that are just going to rip you the fuck off. If you don't know what you're doing, and, and it really doesn't take much of you knowing what you're doing. But you should have some expectations, some kind of standard when you go into anything you're paying somebody for, which obviously uh, ties into what I talk about with wrestling a lot. It's, you know, expect a certain amount of, um, you know, kickback. Expect what you're paying for. Don't let motherfuckers let you know, you know, what, what your money's worth. You know what I mean? Well, I'll give you this much because this is about what I feel you deserve. Get what the fuck you think you deserve. If you don't get what you deserve, hop out. Go somewhere else. I mean, somewhere else is going to, you know, compensate you and give you what you feel like you signed up for. At least that's what I think. I know for fucking sure that's not the best personal trainer you could buy for your fucking money because um, she's she's up for whatever the fuck you're up for. If you're like, yo, uh, I just feel like eating pizza today, she'd be like, all right, if that's what you're feeling, I mean, shit. I mean, <laughs> it, it's fucking crazy. Um, so, yeah, um... I mean, we can just get right into the shit, I guess. Um, let's just get into the Onita thing, all right? Um, this takes a couple turns here and there. Uh, so, Onita has, was first signed to be brought back for the Joey Janela Spring Break. Uh, Joey Janela Spring Break 3, 4? I, I don't know. I think they're on, like, 3 now, right? Now, um... I think now, now I, I'm not a huge Onita fan. Uh, I liked FMW. I liked a lot of the shit they were doing and stuff like that. But um, honestly, you know, when we moved forward in deathmatch wrestling as fans, when we started seeing the likes of Jun Kasai, we, we witnessed the absolute best that's ever done it. And some of the stuff they're even doing right now is still the best that it's ever been done. The highest level of what's been done is, is what we have seen and are still seeing these days. It's not like the best ever has, you know, come and gone. I mean, we're not talking about um, Masawa. We're not talking about Kobashi or Kawada. 
we're not talking about those type of Japanese legends that, you know, cannot be reached again. We're talking about innovators in a certain style. We're talking about um, a legend uh, beyond any shadow of a doubt, a legend. But I don't think we're talking about the same kind of thing as, as some of those other legends, you know, in, in there. So having said that, um, Onita came over for the CZW show, right? The, the buildup was all, all sorts of smoke and mirrors, which was just Onita Tremont, Onita Tremont, Onita Tremont. There was no fucking talking, no tag match, no freeway, no this, no that. Now, there was a lot of stories coming out of that, whether it was Onita, whether it was CZW or whatever. For the most part, I think the writing was on the wall when it was all said and done that Onita didn't want to work a one-on-one match. She wasn't about that shit. Even when they went back to Japan, it was a multi-man, multi-man, multi-man. This dude is, I don't even know his age. I probably should have looked that up, but he's got to be in his 50s, at least. And um, he's not built for this shit anymore. He's all broken down, and he's one of these guys that's just going to get paid out the ass for just an appearance. I mean, that's just what it is. And, and you know, with all due respect, he, he earned that. He earned that. Um... From the reports I've heard, um, you know, when I when I talk about finances on this shit, this is just what I've heard. I don't know shit. I ain't in nobody's fucking bank account. I'm not on the inside of this shit. This is just what I heard. And it came from reliable sources. And I've heard from many, many people the same type of thing. And it's this is kind of the belief across the panel as far as the fans go. Everybody's kind of under the same understanding that Onita was paid somewhere in the range of 10 grand. And that's not that's not something that indie promoters are equipped to just take on. Like, oh, ten ten dial for him. Okay, great. We'll just fucking make money on this show somehow. Like, it's I've heard investors were involved in this and this. Um, now, as far as I'm concerned, what the fans got for Onita was bullshit. Uh, they got a six man match was worth absolute bullshit, absolutely nothing. Unless I, I mean. For your ticket price, maybe just seeing Onita live, period. Whether he showed up, waved like it was a parade and fucking left or not. You know, I mean, maybe just that appearance was enough. And if that was enough, fine. I, I don't have a problem with it at all. Um, for what was presented as it was going to be and then what it turned out to be, it was complete trash. And for 10 fucking grand, Jesus Christ. Um, I, I can only imagine, you know, what June Kasai got paid to you know, come into, um, unfing believable and just about rip his fucking elbow off in Delaware. I mean, sure. He was still kind of young and all of this, but, um, I'm saying like, you know, damage wise flown into the States and you know what he left with and all of that type of shit. Like, I mean, it, it's, it's bizarre, you know, for, you know, what you get for your money, whatever. It's not my money. Um, somehow, I mean, he wanted explosions and all that shit. There was the curveball thrown that it turned into a six-man. It turned into something that the fans didn't expect it to be. The fans completely got the wool pulled over their eyes for it to be what it ended up being. Whether they were okay with that or not, again, their deal. At the end of the night, Onita still wanted more explosions and this and this and this amongst what it became. So he still, after ten grand and all that shit, got on the mic and buried CZW, called CZW cheap and all this shit, which to me is shitty. I don't give a fuck, man. If you get paid 10 grand, you, I would shut the fuck up, man. I would take my money and go the fuck back home and tell my boy that on the plane, yo, man, it's cheap and shit. But 
anyone who shells out the fucking ten grand, I'm not gonna call them cheap because they didn't bring party favors for me <laughs> or whatever the fuck. You know, I mean, if he wanted some kind of Hollywood light show that was gonna make his appearance look like he did something, if that's what he was going for, then then I guess that's what he was mad about. Um, so I, I don't really know, but it was what it was. That was the appearance. He went back over to Japan. Tremont went to Japan, DJ went with him, because that's what DJ does, and, um, that was it, right? So now, GCW books him for the Joey Janela Spring Break. I say that's a waste of money. Now, going through this a couple ways, um, we just went over what, what CCW got for their money. Do I think that Again, I have no knowledge of any kind of payment or this or that. I don't, you know. Um, but do I think that GCW is paying them him nearly what CCW is? No, I don't. Because WrestleMania weekend, the amount of signings he's going to do, the amount of money he's going to bring in outside of even GCW, I mean, who knows? Maybe they're not even playing for the flight. Maybe he's already going to just be there based on the signings and this and that. They're, I'm sure, getting them for a steal compared to what CCW is. But I'd be very, very surprised to not say that, you know, he, he's making a couple grand. Now, my issue with this is this. And, and make no mistake about it. I don't attend to shit. I don't give a fuck if Danny DeMano and Brett Lauderdale make money. I don't like those fucking guys. So I don't, I don't give a shit. It's just, this is just me giving my opinion. It's just, that, that's all this is. Um, Joey Janela's spring break sells out. Period. I don't give a fuck what they book. Whatever the fuck they put on, on they've been all over the place. New Orleans, uh, where were they at? Uh, Florida or Miami or some kind of shit. Some shit like that. I, I'm not great with remembering that. But where they've been in the past, they've sold out at like fucking midnight. Sold the fuck out a thousand people in the fucking building, right? They're coming home. This is their home fucking base. Plus motherfuckers are flying in from all over the country to watch WrestleMania. You know, Possibly even the world, you know, other countries they're flying in from to watch WrestleMania. So motherfuckers are going to be in Jersey, but that's already GCW's home base. So they wouldn't have a problem packing that motherfucker, Onita, no Onita. So you're paying for Onita in a situation where you really don't need to. So I feel like the expense of Onita for what you're getting back isn't worth it. Do you make more money with Onita coming in than you would without Onita? I don't think you do. So for that, I say it's a waste of money. Now, um, he said, um, let me, let me backtrack a little bit too. Um, so, so that's just my opinion on that. They're also running in a smaller venue than normal. I don't understand that. Again, I'm not in the financial end of, uh, running a wrestling show. I don't really care if they make money, but they're packing a thousand a thousand plus in these buildings all over the place they're coming home they could probably put fucking uh, close to two thousand in a fucking building set a fucking uh, i don't know what the record is in jersey for attendance but set a fucking jersey attendance record with the fucking spring break show and and pack fucking 2500 in the building i I don't know fucking sky's the limit you know i mean then book your fucking ass off then then bring your onita bring your this you bring your that but they're they're in a place in Jersey City, and to the best of my understanding, that only holds like 800 people. And I think the venue's listed as holding 800 people for like a concert. 
So I don't know that that includes like ring space. Maybe they hold less than 800 people. But I think at max and that's standing room, 800. And that's standing. So I'm not really sure what they're doing there. I, I mean, to just rely on making all your money off of uh, like VOD or, or iPay-Per-View, whatever the case is. I don't know if that's what they're going for. Uh, maybe it is. Who knows? Um, so then, uh, let me pull this up here. So then, you know, and obviously, you know, Onita and the CCW thing was a big thing. GCW seems to try to, you know, do something CCW-ish all the time. Now, I don't think they're just bringing in Onita just because CCW did it. Like, no one's ever thought of Onita before CCW. But CCW did get the ball rolling on the, on the Onita thing. I mean, it's not crazy to think that that has something to do with it, you know, round in a roundabout way. Not saying that they specifically are booking Onita for CCW. So, Joey gets on, uh, I think it's Shaheen's Facebook. He deleted me from Facebook a long time ago for calling him fat and saying he's built like Lena Dunham. Um, because he is, um, but we'll get more into that in a second. Um, and he says, we're just bringing in goddamn Onita to stick it to DJ and the boys over at CZW. Goddamn, you guys sound like fucking morons. Sasuke and Onita are pretty much the same price. We have many other massive names, uh, all caps on the many, many other massive names that we are bringing in for spring break. And this isn't a one-name show. We're not promising a big exploding ring singles match with Onita versus question marks. He will come in, do his act, throw a curveball in there, and the fans will love it. Okay. I don't doubt that the fans will love it. I don't doubt that he doesn't need to do shit. Again, I don't think you're paying him nothing. And your response is also telling me, we're booking even more than that. We're booking so many fucking names. But where's the part where you come out? making money again i you guys are running a business i'm sure you know more but if there's a way to make more money using less wouldn't that be the better option it's just my opinion it's just me looking at it from the outside going yeah like i don't know if you needed to do that but again i'm not running your company i'm not like sitting outside of your fucking house going there like yo dude don't do that shit like i don't give a fuck i don't give a fuck if every one of you motherfuckers ends up homeless like, if Danny D'Amato, Brett Lauderdale, and Joey Janela live in a cardboard box outside of the fucking, that building, the fucking, the old game changer world in Howell, or the fucking, the Jersey City joint, or anywhere else. Like, I wouldn't give a motherfuck. So, it's not like, oh, shit, I, I fucking told them, I can't believe it, these guys don't have, I don't give a fuck. I really don't give a fuck. They're making crazy fucking money as far as I'm concerned. Um, they went from like, I remember when it was, um, man, I forget which one it was. I, I don't know if it was the um, the one that was supposed to be Zandig, Tremont, and um, Teddy Hart, Chris Dickinson, and they, they didn't have any of that happen. But there was a show, and I, I was at, it might have been that one or maybe even the one before that. I was at, at the Game Changer World, and there was, like, fucking less than 80 people there. And you could hear fucking, it was quiet enough where you could hear Danny DeMano fucking explaining to Ricky O, like, dude, I don't know. Like, I, I don't know. I don't know what happened. Like, I expected more people. I don't know. Like, it, like explaining, like, shit, 
dude, yeah, we're taking a beating. I, I don't know what to fucking do. Like, it, this isn't what I expected crowd-wise. This fucking house is, you know, like they were fucking scrambling. So to go from where they were to packing fucking buildings all over the fucking country, really. Because, I mean, they had to Cali pack a building, had to Chicago pack a building, had to here. So I, I know that they're making a shitload more money than they were used to. I mean, are they making the most that they can out of, out of what they're doing? I, I don't know. And, and I think a lot of directions they're taking is fucking asinine. But, you know, that's the indies. And, and that's what you get when you do business via Brett Lauderdale and Danny DeMano. And we'll get into the Arquette thing a little bit later. That, that's, that's another topic. So then um, he goes, uh, do, do you think Danny and Brett do this for fun? Do you not think they make money? Are we just bringing in dudes to mark out? GCW is not like other places. It's a self-sustainable business. Onita first time WrestleMania weekend signing for a few days. Let me see. And uh, I forget what the fuck. I'm looking for what else he said. Cause I screenshot it. And uh, <laughs> I just kind of responded with like, "Oh, I miss butt hurt Facebook Joey," cause you know he's not on my page, fucking whining about everything he disagrees with like, anymore. So he goes, "I'm not butt hurt Joey." In it's the fact that you just look like a moron with a quarter of a brain after I stated the facts. So I, you know, I laughed at him and then I, I put a gif up with a dude laughing and pointing and shit. And he responds with grow up. So, um, here, here's the part. Like, let me see. Yeah. Um, and then he goes, uh, and I, and I said, uh, why are you so mad? Uh, I said, uh, you're, you're talking to me about maturity, and that's hilarious. Uh, why are you so mad? And he goes, I'm not mad. I just wanted to make you look dumb, but you do it on a daily basis anyways. Good luck. All right. Now now let's let's go. Let's go into this, Joey. Let me explain something. Um, the thing is, is, you know, I give my opinion on wrestling, but it, it holds no value in my life. It holds zero value in my life. You notice that what I did is I, I took a – whatever it was a month a month and a half two months i don't know how long i've been gone off this um and it it didn't it didn't affect my life whatsoever your life what your life consists of what you need to do in order to get popularity what you need to do to get yourself over is, is make a spectacle of yourself you need to drop yourself on your head over and over and over and that's what you have to do in order to succeed in in the passion that you have in the passion that you've chosen now, you don't apply yourself to that passion in a way where you're going to get yourself in tip-top shape. You're going to quit smoking cigarettes. You don't apply yourself in, in that fashion because you don't need to. Because you got a bunch of little dick suckers that are running around out there that don't give a fuck what you do. Oh, look at silly Joey. Joey's doing silly shit again. Look, he smokes and I smoke, so that's cool. You're running around telling people that you started uh going off the deep end as far as uh you know not being in shape and shit like that and not you know um not really you know working hard in the gym or or and you went back to smoking cigarettes after the roof bump so you hurt your thumb and look man that was a crazy fucking bump but that turned you into you know completely undriven joey and then you you were able to just do what you wanted to do you were able to just run around there built like lena dunham and just keep dropping yourself on your head, keep doing the crazy shit, until eventually, I mean, you just got hurt. Which, I mean, it's a fucking shame, because as far as I was concerned, I mean, you, you had the fucking eyeballs on you. You were over there wrestling for Evolve. 
which is like prime spot for motherfuckers to start getting, you know, looked at and signed and shit. They got NXT guys working on their shows, so it's no secret that that's like the waiting room for fucking NXT. Joey's got the charisma. Joey's got the fucking athletic ability and all that shit. But Joey also thinks that that train wreck shit is cute. He's asking me to grow up when he can't quit fucking smoking cigarettes. Because he thinks that train wreck shit is cute. The run around smoking cigarettes, drinking beers. It's funny because he, he just said that shit to me. And I saw an advertisement for the um the spring break. No, it wasn't the spring break. I think it was the L.A. Confidential thing. It was either the L.A. Confidential or the spring break. So it was like a ad for that. And you know when you click on the ad, it brings you to a site. And it's got a preview or, you know, just like a piece, a, a clip from the uh, Joey Janela appearance on the Chuck Taylor, whatever the fuck they call that show, where they all sit down and just chat and bullshit. And, and the interview starts out with Joey just like staring into the lights with his mouth open, just about drooling on himself as if he's retarded. Like that's the gimmick he's playing to start this thing. And then, you know, they clip forward you know, further into the interview, and he's just, like, wasted, he's fucking wasted, and just answering questions, like, yeah, man, it's like, wouldn't that be fucking, like, that, that's the way he's fucking talking on, on an interview, that, he, he's, he's wasted on a fucking interview, and he's telling me to fucking grow up, but let me, all right, let me explain what my fucking life is about, you want me to grow up, you can't stop smoking fucking cigarettes, I'm five years fucking sober off alcohol, I smoked cigarettes for 14 years. I've been done with that for 10, bro. Let's put all the substance shit aside. You know what my passion's about? My passion's about taking care of animals. I could tell you story upon story upon story. I've had cats uh, just, just as recent as fucking about a week and a half ago. Cat had both fucking eyes ulcerated to the point where they were pretty much busted. Um, the one eye is so ulcerated she can't see through it. The other one she couldn't see through either. Um, she was semi-wild, so her fate was very difficult because when she came into the shelter, if you're not able to handle a wild cat like that, you pretty much have to hold him for seven days and put him down. Well, I handled her. I did what I had to do. Every morning, I would pull her eyes open as the pus came out of her eyes, and I would I would dab it with, you know, um, with gauze and dry it, and I would put ointment in her eyes, and I'd pet her and reassure her, even though she couldn't fucking see me. And she's growling in my lap, and I reassure her, and I pet her. And before you knew it, she started to relax. She wasn't eating when I first got her. If that goes for two or three days, the organs start to shut down. So I force-fed her. I gave her appetite-stimulant medication. I force-fed her with a curb-tip syringe every day until she took upon eating herself. Her one eye right now, about a week and a half later, is crystal clear. The one is damaged to the point where when she finishes with her upper respiratory infection will need to be removed. But this cat has a new lease on life because I dedicated my passion. That's my passion. That's what I do. So you could tell me to grow up and all that other shit. I got three kids that love me. I can get off of fucking substances like it's nothing. And I do what the fuck I do for my passion like a fucking adult. Six days a week for the past 17 years I've been working with animals. You've been dropping yourself on your fucking head and, and running around drunk. So don't tell me shit about growing up, motherfucker. Go get yourself in shape. Try not to get yourself hooked on the fucking pills while your knee's blown out. 
Otherwise, they'll be out there doing fucking Joey Janela's weekend at Bernie's, and they'll drag your fucking corpse to the ring and fucking pack the house again. Talk shit to me like I'm one of your little fucking boys, bro. And the thing is, is like, you're the furthest thing from a grown-up. You live for that trolling shit. But I don't give a fuck about your whole business, bro. I don't give a fuck about wrestling. I don't even watch wrestling anymore. And that's the part that burns you motherfuckers the most. Is I don't even watch this shit. Every once in a while, I'll put a match on and watch this shit. But I attended for over a decade. Every single month, I'd go front row. I just got burnt out. I just got burnt out. Maybe I grew up. Maybe I grew up. I grew out of it. Because the people who I do see who are the most invested in this are in their 20s and 30s. But that's what I was. That's what I was when I was fucking die hard on this shit. I'm not saying that people don't go into their 40s and 50s and 60s and, and beyond and, and, and are die hard. But if you look at the bloodthirsty fucking marks out there, that's the age I was. You know, they're all running around drunk and high and all that shit. And it's, it's a great time. It's a party atmosphere. That, that's what I was doing in the fucking ECW arena parking lot with, with half these motherfuckers. You know what I mean? It's cool. I, I mean, it, it is what it is. But maybe I got a little bit up past that. It, it's, it is what it is, but, um, what, what's the funniest shit to me is y'all motherfuckers are mad at me for talking about shit I don't watch, but y'all listening to me, y'all, y'all find a way to listen to a motherfucker who's not even watching this shit and has an intelligent enough opinion on it that it's still relevant to you. How crazy is that? How fucking crazy is that, that. You would rather listen to me than these fucking nerds, these dickheads that are running around watching you going, that was a great match. That was another great match. That was also a great match. Well, I have an actual legitimate opinion on how I feel about shit, and, and you fucking, you got to hear it. You got to hear it. Now, I don't, I don't say, yo, you can't miss my fucking opinion, but for some reason, you motherfuckers find your way to it, don't you? So it's all good. Um, anyway, um... So stemming off of that, this little cocksucker, uh, Stephen A. of uh, Deathmatch Wrestling News, I believe that's the name of the show, who um, is a part of the the Hot Tag Podcast Wrestling Network, my friend Shaheen and Boxman over there, good dudes. But, you know, I mean, they, they like to expand their content, and they like to have a lot of, you know, different shows on there, which is understandable, you know. I mean, to get your money's worth for what you spend on on the broadcasting, if you could pack it with a lot of shows and shit, I, I, I can sympathize with that, you know, cause I pay it like a monthly fee and for that monthly fee, shit, if I could get a bunch of fucking people on it, maybe shit, maybe they'll chip in. It won't cost me much to do my show at all. I could get it. So I'm not putting this on Shaheen or Boxman or any of that whatsoever. But Stephen A, he goes on his show and Jeremy my good friend Jeremy pointed this out to me because I don't listen to fucking wrestling podcasts. Uh, it doesn't make any sense for me to listen to, you know, shows talking about matches that I haven't watched. Um, I mostly listen to comedy podcasts. Bill Burr. Um, I'm over here now. Andrew Dice Clay. Um, Chip Chipperson podcast. Podcast, I should say. Um, occasionally Corolla. Um, occasionally Rappaport. Um, listen to some Stern, obviously not a podcast, um, 
I was listening to Artie Lang podcast, but he went off the fucking podcast. Um, hopefully he's not going to die, but you never know. Um, a couple other things, whatever. Uh, it's not really about that. So anyway, um, he, he pointed it out to me. So I went and I, I found the thing. He, he pointed out around what time. Thank God. I got to thank Jeremy that, for that shit because no fucking way would I have made it through two, two plus hours of these motherfuckers talking. And, um, so around the two hour mark of the deathmatch news podcast net, whatever the fuck it's called, uh, I, I tune in and they spend about 20 minutes. I want to go back a little bit before to see what led up to my name coming up. So I turned it on and they're doing about 20 minutes of bitching about how they hate Joey Ryan, and they hate Joey Ryan's dick shit, and all of that dick stuff, and they hate it, and they hate it, and they hate it, which is, like, crazy, because I'm listening, going, like, y'all have said, like, a lot of shit like this, man, I'm not into that either, and, like, I've spent enough time, and Jeremy spent enough time on saying how much they hate that shit, and so I'm having a hard time, because I already knew what he said, but I'm having a hard time, like, understanding like why he's got a fucking problem with me when like he's spending all this free time on his show talking about similar shit and like obviously this is a tremendous amount of negativity again i'm the last one to i'm not going to shit on anyone's negativity because that's i mean i'm very critical that's that's i'm very critical i i love the things i love and i hate the things i hate and i'm not shy about talking about either um apparently motherfuckers only hear the hate which you know that's fine Again, whatever whatever brings you by. Um, so they're bitching about Joey Joey Ryan for like twenty minutes. Hate the dick shit. Hate this 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 turns me off. Da, da, da. Uh, they follow that with saying how much they're hating the the um, Joey Janela California show. They they're saying how much they can't stand that shit. They don't like they don't like the uh, they don't like the card. Oh, this card isn't shit. I don't like this card. Man, if all the cards were like spring break, I'd never watch GCW. Uh, it's cool every once in a while, da, 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 but I don't like the card. I don't like the card. I don't like the card. Somehow they segue from that to him going, so Joey Janela's got a lot of time on his hands, and uh, he uh, he went on the internet, and uh, J-Cat, and then he goes, we all know J-Cat. He's, uh, he's a Debbie Downer. Yeah, he's, he pretty much uh, hates everything except maybe his cats. And it's like, first off, let me, let me just address that. I'm not a Debbie Downer. I'm a Ronnie Reality motherfucker. I speak my motherfucking truth, man. I speak how I think about things, how I feel about things. I'm not coming on a podcast to just go, man, that was really great. Don't you love when that guy comes out and fucking when he drops his robe? That's fucking great, right? Isn't it great, like, when, like, the music hits and he fucking comes through the curtain, like, right at the right time? Isn't that fantastic? Like, who the fuck wants to hear that shit? Like, if that's how you feel, that's how you feel. And, I, you know, your people can all fucking clap to it and whatever the fuck, but that's not even what you're doing. Like I said, you just finished complaining. And then you talked about, I'm a Debbie Downer. So then he goes, so J-Cat said, uh, yeah, he's talking about the thread that I, I just talked about. I told you what I said. And he goes, uh, J-Cat said, uh, you know, Onita's going to rip off GCW like he did CZW. Whoa. That's not what I said at all. That's not what I fucking said at all. He's going to rip CZW. I didn't say any of that shit. And then he goes, 
Now I'm going to go ahead and quote Joey. And now he's got quotes. Motherfucker, motherfucker mangled my shit, called me a Debbie Downer. And then uh, now he's got quotes. So he goes on, you know, blowing Joey Janela for a minute. Oh, and then Joey said this, and then Joey said that. And oh, he called him a moron. It's like, all right. Keep my fucking name out of your mouth, Stephen A. A jerk off, Stephen A. A. A asshole. Let me tell you something. If saying my fucking name gets you a little bit of attention, then then here it is. But let's not fucking forget when you call me Debbie Downer and all this, and oh, everybody knows J-Cat. You know how I know that you know J-Cat? Because in January, you hit me up asking, come on my show and fucking talk with me. Hey, I'm da 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 da. Give me all your credentials, and oh, I live in Japan, and I fucking watch a lot of wrestling. And if you ever need someone to come on a show and chat with, I'll fucking come. Ba-. And I just gave you a thumbs up in a messenger, and kept it moving, and never fucking looked back. Cause I don't, I don't want to talk to you. I don't want to talk to any one of you fucking nerds. I get, I get a lot of fucking um, random, you know, requests. Hey, I want to come on. This. I, I, I am not interested, man. I, I like talking to motherfuckers on the show, but I like talking to people I want to talk to. Not just like, I'll take any guests under the fucking sun. And another dude hit me up and, you know, sorry if you're catching shrapnel for this, but the fucking ref, I don't know his fucking name, but he introduced himself. I, I, oh, dude, I, I heard you talking about a match on IWA and I, I'm the ref with the man bun. Get the fuck out. Get the fuck off my Facebook, bro. If, if your identity is the ref with the man bun, I need you to get the fuck out of my face, man. I, I don't want to talk to you. What do, what do I want to talk to you for? I don't understand. I mean, but again, um, so he hit me up wanting to be on the fucking show. And nah, I, I'm, I'm all set. I didn't have any conversation with him. Gave him a thumbs up like, you know, thanks, whatever. But, and just moved on. Months later, almost a year later now, now I'm a Debbie Downer. He also hit up the fucking uh, the Twitter uh, the, the, um, Yakuza Twitter, which is run by Jeremy, because, um, again, I, I don't like Twitter. Jeremy does some solid shit for me, man. He writes the, um, the synopsis, the, the rundowns of the show after I do them, you know, makes a, makes a title for him and, um, gives like the whole rundown. Um, and I can't thank him enough for that shit, man. He went all the way back in the archives. I've been doing this shit for eight years and this motherfucker went eight years back on every single show and wrote a fucking synopsis for this shit. I mean, it's, it's fucking unreal. He's a good fucking dude. And, um, Jeremy's been down for a a long fucking time. You know, um, he started listening around the time where I did the Ian Rotten, the first Ian Rotten interview. And, um, yeah, man, like it's fucking crazy. Um, the, the things he's done and, and I'm not big on Twitter. I really hate Twitter. I have my own personal Twitter, but you rarely see me on there. If anything, I, I use it to go on there and read other people's tweets that someone told me about, or maybe I want to check on what the fuck, uh, Artie Lang's up to and shit. And you can mostly see what his daily shit is going on on Twitter. Um, shit like that. Like, I really don't fuck with Twitter much. I like, I like, uh, Facebook, I like, uh, Instagram, a little bit of Snapchat, but, um, that's, that's really about it. So, um, you know, that's, that's, um, that's another thing that Jeremy does. And again, much, much appreciated. You could check him out on, I got your five stars. You always got to say what I nod to. Um, he, he, he does his shit over there. Uh, it's good shit. He's, and he's a, a solid, solid wrestling fan. That dude will tell you all sorts of new upcoming motherfuckers. This dude will, will run down a show from top to bottom. 
he's he's really still in love with wrestling. You know what I mean? You're gonna you're gonna listen to his shit and get a solid fucking review of what he likes and doesn't like. Uh, he's on that that Powerbomb TV game, man, and he is following companies all over the fucking place that ain't even near him. And he's he's scouting new talent out there and um, interviewing motherfuckers you never heard of and and letting you know a little bit more about them. And um, definitely give that dude a lot of credit for what he's doing out there. Um, so anyway, um, he hit up Jeremy on, on the Twitter thinking it was me, you know, for the Yakuza and said, uh, you know, I asked him something. He's like, oh, you know, this is Jeremy Nickerson. Uh, you know, I'm, uh, I run the Twitter da, da, da. and he's like, oh, well, uh, tell Jay if he's ever thirsty for a guest, if I'm ever thirsty for a guest, can you get the fuck? Yo, again, a asshole, <laughs> keep my fucking name out of your mouth. You nerd motherfucker. You don't belong on my planet the fuck out of here i'm a debbie downer to you absolutely because there's nothing positive i'll ever say in your direction because you're a cocksucker I- i'm really really surprised you're not into the joey ryan shit i'm surprised you don't have like joey ryan t-shirts that one of those inflatable dick costumes like he had on the fucking all-in show i'm surprised your family doesn't walk around in those things on a regular basis not even halloween like fucking wednesdays Oh, it's fucking cocksuit Wednesdays again. Come on, Steven, get in your suit. I'm already in it, Mom. Don't worry about it. I sleep in this fucking thing. You know? Fucking jerk off. I just I just can't stand these motherfuckers. And then let me let me top that with another thing. Now I I lost the fucking um I lost the fucking uh tweet. Maybe I didn't lose it, but uh I uh you know what? I'll just bring that up next week because uh, the, the Bahu guy who he does a FMW podcast with um, followed up on some shit that that Adam Lash dude said uh, about Zandig and talking shit. But I'll, I'll save that for next week. Um, the only thing that's going to change about this show a little bit is I'm going to make sure I don't go over two hours. Yeah, you know I mean, saves me a bunch of money that way. I'll go under two hours and I'll save myself some more shit to talk the following week. So, um, yeah, I'll get back to that because I want to at least read it word for word, and I don't feel like like scrolling through my phone while I'm on this shit because you know sounds stupid. Uh, a lot of a lot of pausing and us and eyes and shit like this. So um, what did I want to say? Oh, okay, let's go right into the Onita CZW shit. Now I just watched this shit tonight. This has got to be the worst fucking promo segment I've ever fucking seen. Uh, fuck. First off, before we start talking about this, um, you know, shout out uh, Matt Tremont's wife. All my best wishes that she gets a quick recovery. She's got a lot of shit going on. Um, if you you know see on Matt's tree, Matt's uh, Facebook or any kind of social media, she's got some major you know health things going on. She's in the hospital right now. So my best wishes go out to you know Matt Tremont, Chrissy, you know the family, any close friends of his. Um, it's terrible stuff, and I really hope she recovers quick. Um, now, um, so CZW announced Sonita for Cage of Death, which again, I must say is it's a fucking waste of money. Um, and if anyone should know it's a waste of money, it should be CZW. I don't know what kind of investors they got. I don't know whatever the fuck. This is a Sunday in fucking December. So I don't know what kind of other shit's going on. Maybe there's some other shit. Maybe they got a convention. Maybe they got some shit. I don't know. I think they were like with House of Glory that weekend. House of Glory? House of Hardcore. I think they're with House of Hardcore that weekend on some double shot kind of thing. So maybe they got them over there for that. I don't fucking know. 
But, um, so the announcement was Onita cages out. I'm like, oh, here we go. Um, so today was announced. I think it was tonight. I learned about it today. Who knows if it was yesterday, but, um, Matt Tremont. Did Matt Tremont leave CZW? He was gone forever. But I knew he was going to come back. I knew he was going to come back. I told everybody, yo, I'll give him to the end of the fucking year. I'll be surprised if he hits a calendar fucking year out of CZW. Sure enough, whole fucking things will work. Um, Matt Tremont and Onita versus, oh man, what kind of dream match could we make up? DJ Hyde. <laughs> and um, Masada. Masada, who could not have been more open about hating DJ Hyde's fucking guts. On my podcast, on social media, all over the fucking place. Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, whatever the fuck. Anywhere he was, he was talking about how much of a piece of shit DJ Hyde was. Like, last year. So now that's his tag team partner. And uh, if you look at it just as that, it's ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. Just as that. Now, if you go watch this, I think it's 11 fucking minutes. 11 minutes. Um, this is one of the worst segments I have ever fucking seen. Um, uh, unreal. Um, hold on. Um, so the, the segment goes like this. Uh, Matt Tremont's in, in his office, I guess at the, um, Hogan Hall, as it were. Um, and DJ walks in and starts talking shit. He starts calling CZW her, which the first fucking thing I thought of was Eddie Kingston's promo that he did in Shikara that he was referring to the belt as her. And I couldn't stop fucking thinking of it. As soon, every single time he said her, 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 I'm like, oh boy, there's no way he didn't get this off Eddie. Him and Eddie have a long history. DJ's been a dick rider a long time. Could never cut a promo. All of a sudden, CZW is her. And Okay. Here we go. So he's blaming the whole shit on Matt Tremont. Kind of going with the gimmick when Matt Tremont was half owner and all that shit. I put it in your hands to do something and you didn't do anything. And you were supposed to fucking lay the groundwork for Jimmy Lloyd and fucking Dan O'Hare and and all this. And I'm just like, yo, is he really? Yo, this dude is like saying dumb shit because like. Jimmy Lloyd was, like, doing his thing in CCW, but then, like, GCW was giving him all these deathmatch, you know, chances and, and putting them on and, and, and letting them just, like, do wild shit. They probably shouldn't have been letting them do, but they were doing it because they're GCW and, you know, they just do whatever the fuck they want. And however shit comes out, it comes out. So they were doing that shit with Jimmy Lloyd. And so I, I honestly, even though, you know, he trained there and this and that, but I wouldn't I wouldn't give DJ full credit for just, like, pulling the trigger on Jimmy Lloyd and and, and Matt Tremont dropped the ball on his successor. Like, what the fuck? Like, Tremont put over Jimmy Lloyd like a motherfucker at, I think, last year's Cage of Death. Like, fucking got on the mic and called him, like, the future of deathmatch wrestling and shit, which I was like, all right, Matt, settle down. You know? And um, Jimmy was still botching shit all over deathmatch shows and fucking crazy shit. And Jimmy's gotten a lot better again. I gave him credit where credit was due. He fucking killed the tournament of death this year. He 100% earned it. He fucking went out there and, and made himself look like a fucking superstar at that, that tournament of death. And I didn't 
I didn't think I would say that at all. And I told him he didn't even respond to me because I don't expect him to. I shit on him all the way up until then. So I don't expect a response. And again, I, I call shit as I see it. It's not, it's not hate, hate, hate. It's, you know, I'll let you know when I fucking like something, you know? Um, so, um, the whole shit is just going down crazy. And he's blaming Matt for CZW going in this direction and that direction. And Matt's like, I got tired of CZW for, you know, uh, what you did to the, the awakening. We were up here and like, I don't know if you're up there. Like they started to go, they barely even got off the ground and then they killed the angle. And, uh, I know Tremont was upset about that. Um, the, the angle being killed cause he had a lot of high hopes for it and stuff. And I'm sure it was killed prematurely because CZW didn't have any like bigger, great ideas going on anyway. So I can understand that. And I know there is, you know, some truth to that because they legitimately did kill that angle and he wasn't happy about it. But then, you know, like, it, you know, you can just tell like, like the gimmick all behind it and shit. And it's like, yeah. And I walked away and I said, I never come back. And DJ's like, you hurt her. And like, Jesus Christ, dude, <laughs> don't fucking watch this video around any sharp shit, man. If you want to make it through, see Christmas, don't, watch this video around those shows um it's brutal it matt tremont is one of the best fucking promos in the fucking business hands down like straight up and uh, they turned this shit into like the worst fucking segment i have ever seen definitely the worst segment matt tremont's ever been involved in for sure and this is all dj this is crazy shit so then like it's like yeah we're gonna fight we're gonna fucking fight and da 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 and then, like, DJ's leaving, Tremont's like, yeah, he's like, yeah, you better bring back up, boy. And he's like, back up, why don't we do this, a tag match? And then, uh, he's like, I, I hear Onita's coming back, it's gonna be me and Onita, and get whoever you want. And, like, so, like, Tremont just, like, sprung a fucking tag match on him. Said, oh, I'm using a guy that you brought in from Japan. You, you brought in, like, this huge name, well, ah, he, I, he's on my team now. And then also, um, you can pick whoever you want. And right out of his fucking back pocket, he's like, yeah, I got my ultra-violent beast. It's like, oh, shit. If I just pull all the fucking clips from my show and, like, fucking splice that shit together, it's going to take way too much work, so don't expect anything like that. But, um, <laughs> my ultra-violent beast. He must have called DJ a cocksucking faggot, like, 25 times on my show. <laughs> In, like, a two-hour period. My ultra-violent beast. Okay, DJ. I mean, so there you go. Uh, DJ puts himself in another fucking big match. I know he laid low for a while, so now we got that. So now they uh, they got to carry Onita because Onita can't go anymore. So they got to mask what the fuck he is and just make like a spectacle around him, maybe build some explosions, this and that. And they got to carry DJ, which is what Matt has done every single time he's been in the fucking ring. And, and DJ turned around and, and tried to spin it the other way. Like, he carried Matt, which is fucking crazy. You look at what Matt has done in his time and what he's built. His his brand, his, his Matt Tremont, the bulldozer, what he's built himself into, the legacy that he's created in the time that he was in the business. And you look at what DJ has done outside of buying a company that was already established. I mean... Come on, don't don't talk about carrying anybody or anybody being green. It's fucking crazy, and, and it's just just bizarre. So um, that's that. Watch that fucking video again. Like, be careful. You know what I mean? I don't want anybody to hurt themselves watching that shit. And uh, yeah. So there's that. 
Yeah, let me let me hit this track. Come back. Hit a couple other topics, including that uh that um Arquette thing. Let me. I know I had this shit right here. There it go. Skinhead dead, everybody gone. Situation aggravation, everybody allegation in the suit on the news. Everybody thought bang bang shot dead, everybody gone. Damn. All I wanna say is that they don't really care about us. All I wanna say is that they don't really care about us. Everybody dying from prescription drugs, comatose, rest in peace, Mac Miller allegedly overdosed, LeBron James build a school trying to help teach the children, triple egg shot down instead of helping people filming, going through sexism, so she said what she was feeling, I would rather lose before I cheat, said Serena Williams, drama came, funeral, family grieving, need some healing, Donald Trump not invited, would have had to leave the building, NFL, Ben Colin, Kaepernick, cause he was kneeling, Nike signed them, capitalized off it down, they reaping millions, Nike app, more people registered, are you insane, everybody Logged in, password, username Nike only did it for the money, not for you to gain Don't you know the meaning of investment? Truth remains, put the money out, it comes back to you Use your brain, cause the Nike sign is not a check That's a boomerang It is what it is. Take it for what it's worth. Yeah, you know I mean, 
if I got friends, we sit around like, hey, jerk off. Hey, fuck you. You know what I mean? Like, that's that's just normal fucking talk to me. So some of this shit, like, you know, I'm from Jersey. I've always been from Jersey. It's just it's just normal shit. You know what I mean? So so only take the shit so personally when I call people, like, assholes for being too into Halloween. You know what I mean? It's just, that's the majority of the population. Like, more of my Facebook is, like, nuts over Halloween than they are about Christmas. So, which, to me, is crazy, but it is what it is. Um, so anyway, um, so Great Adventure, you know, they do the big Fright Fest thing, and, um, they put in fucking crazy money into it. We got season passes and shit, so, um, we went once earlier, like, a couple weeks before that, but we went during the day, because we had the little ones with us, um, you know, my twins, um, Crystal, she's into that type of shit, but, um, like, she's up for the, the challenge, but Jada, she wants no part of that. She wants no fucking part of any kind of scary, any adventure, any kind of anything. So she's not having it. Um, and so they started off, I think, at like five something. So we went like early in the day on a Sunday and then like bounced like right before. They started announcing like in a half hour, zombies will take over the fuck park. And we're like, yeah, yep, we're on our way out. No, no problem. So we were out of there, you know. So Jada was good. She didn't have to, you know, lose her mind. Because there would just be, like, like you know, those cartoon-shaped holes. There would be just, like, one of those in the side of something in the park. And she'd be out heading towards the car. So, uh, <laughs> so no, we, we headed out. But I was like, you know, I want to do fucking Fright Fest. So I was like, you know, we got the season passes and this and this. And, um, and I was like, I want to do the fucking mazes. Because, like, I know that's where they're putting, like, all their fucking money as far as, like, the, uh, you know, the experience, because I hear about these mazes, so I think there was, like, eight mazes, or some shit like that, um, apparently, now, I, I'm dead set against this, this part of it, because, like, they, they give you the, they sell you the season pass, and then they're like, oh, yeah, but that's not included, if you want to do the mazes, that's, like, 30 bucks, it's like, really, motherfucker, like, you, this is a season pass, like, when I started going when I was a kid, it was like, you fucking, you got a season pass, man, you get in this motherfucker, you gotta buy your food and souvenirs and all that type of shit, but everything else is all you, man, you're part of family, everything in here is yours, you know what I mean, it, ride whatever you want, do whatever fuck you want, it's all you, now there's all sorts of shit in the park that's like, oh, that costs extra money, oh, that, no, 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 the ticket booth's over there for that shit, like go-karts and shit, go-karts cost you fucking money inside the fucking park you already paid to get into, and like some of those one-day passes are like a hundred dollars. You can't ride the fucking go-karts without buying another ticket? Get the fuck out of here. Shit is crazy, man. Shit is crazy as hell. And there, don't even get me started on the fucking food. Shit is insane. So anyway, um, the prices are fucking crazy. We we got, fuck it, I might as well. Uh, the year before, I think we went, we got like funnel cake. I think three funnel cakes, a soda, some shit like that. It was like some, I think that was about what it was. It was like 60 fucking dollars. It was fucking crazy. Like, yo, bananas. But anyway, um, so I was like, yo, I want to do the mazes, find out it's fucking extra money. I'm like, oh, what the fuck? But Crystal didn't want to do the mazes, and Mary Jane didn't want to do the mazes. Um, that's my oldest daughter, Mary Jane, and, and you know, one of the twins, Crystal, who's up for the, the challenge, but not, not quite maze-type challenge. So we get in there, and look, I'm not a horror cat. I, I'm preparing, like, yo, I, I'm not really fully prepared for this. Like, I'm going in with this, but, like, scare the shit out of me. And I, I'm, you know, a little bit little bit cautious, you know what I mean? So um, 
we go to get in line for the first one, and we, and we lucked out because when we first got there, it must have just like just popped off, and um, like the whole fright fest thing must have just like kicked off because I think on the, I think it was like the Friday night or something. And I think on the Friday nights they open like at dark, like they're not open all day, then convert over. They just open when it starts. So we got in there, and the first one we went to was like a mirror thing, and again I'm I'm, I'm cautious and shit. But we walk up in line, and that's when I remembered, as I'm looking in front of me, I forgot how crazy black people get about shit they're scared of. So, and look, you can call what the fuck you want to call it. Follow my story, and you'll see I'm, I'm not wrong. So, um, <laughs> we're, I'm like, oh, we're good. We got like a tour guide in this motherfucker. So they're right ahead of us. They give you these, like plastic gloves because they don't want you touching the fucking mirrors and putting prints on it because then you could see you know what what's going on and it was creepy as fuck man they had people like walking like you'd see somebody looked like it was down the hall the lights would flash and then their motherfuckers walking like next to you through the, the glass that you thought was mirrors and like mirrors that are flashing and then there's someone fucking standing there and shit like shit was crazy as hell but they were in front of us, so they were doing all the bumping of the walls, and they were fucking losing their shit. Every time someone would jump out or something would happen, they would fucking lose it. And it was like it was like a buffer, you know what I mean? Because the people who were getting paid to scare people, they're getting their, their scares worth out of these cats. I'm just laying in the cut, you know what I mean? They ain't gonna be able to, like, recharge and scare a motherfucker quick enough to get me off guard. Because I'm watching what's happening to them. It's like a, you know, a reaction warning and shit, right? So... To fully, fully fucking prove my fucking point on this shit. We get to the end. And the girl. I think it was like a guy and a girl. And the girl is like. Yo, there's the exit right there. <laughs> she starts to pick up speed. This dude jumps out. She hit the fucking floor. I'm surprised she didn't break her fucking hip. Like she straight up took like this side bump. Like bap. Hit the fucking floor. <laughs> I couldn't stop fucking laughing. And that was again. Completely confirmed my like. Oh, we're good. So, um, because, man, I used to live up north, uh, my grandma's house, and, um, my boy Ali, he acted the same fucking way because I had a cat, like, that's, <laughs> you'd walk in the house, if you walk in the house, I had the sweetest cat, all white cat, and, uh, he'd be like, yo, Jay, where's the cat, man, yo, yo, where's the cat, yo, stop playing, where's the cat, man, Jay, Jay, where's the cat, <laughs> like, yo, she, oh, shit, she's right there, this dude would, like, fucking knock people over to get up the stairs <laughs> it's just I, I i just already knew so then like going forward from there i was like all right that's it we're just gonna find our tour guides <laughs> and it, it worked like the next next one uh the next one wasn't shit though it wasn't like a great maze and we would go like do the maze and we'd send uh mary jane crystal off hey go do a couple rides and then we would, we would catch up on them you know do like a ride like that was right in the same vicinity of the maze so when we came out it was like easy bam go find them everything was cool um so the next one we went to was like a crazy ass line and we're standing in this fucking line it was called like the manor and then i guess there was one right next to it called the fear so we're standing in this dumb line and um the the guy comes over and he's like oh the the fear is wide open if you want to come here and we're like fuck that I don't know the difference, first off. Clearly, it looks like the manor is way better because there's a lot of people in this line, not in that line. But, I mean, I don't know if people keep going in in, in circles and doing the same shit. But the way I, I feel it was is um, it just kind of ended up wherever the people landed at the time. 
because it was actually it was crazy open like we were just like walking up on rides like we went on justice league band just walked up got on uh skull mountain walked up got on which is like it's weird shit in great adventure so um so it was like fuck it let's go do the fear then and the fear was like they try to like you know play on fears they had some clown shit they had some like spider shit they had some um uh claustrophobia shit and again, we had our tour guides in front of us, and uh, they they kind of you know warned us of any kind of thing, but it wasn't shit. It wasn't really that uh, that badass. So then I think you know oh, I'm fucking set, man. You know I got I got my motherfucking plan down. We're fucking set. Uh, so then the next one we go up, same thing. Like oh, tour guides, and it, this one is like a prison. This one's like a like a prison setting. It's called cell block or some shit, right? And we walk up. And they're like, uh, oh, are you together? They're like, no, no, it's, it's just us. And they're like, okay. And we go to follow the other cats, and they're like, no, no, you're going by yourself. I'm like, oh, fuck. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> Tour guide out. And this one was dope, man. You walk through the prison, and they had, like, like wooden bars on both sides on something, and, like, hands would come jumping out at you. And then, like, yo, <laughs> motherfuckers were, like, walking, creeping up on you. There was, like, a, like a jail yard you walk through. And this big fucking dude would come, like, walking, like, puffing himself up behind you and shit like he was going to fight you. <laughs> shit was dope. But, like, I definitely had to, like, <laughs> toughen the fuck up and be like, all right, I, I got nobody buffering me on this shit. And, uh, yeah, so I got through, we got through that shit. That, that one was dope. And then the next one, I, again, I'm like, all right, well, fucking next one, hopefully we get. <laughs> so this one was, like, Hellfest or something. And it was, like... I guess sponsored by a movie or something. So they put a shitload into this one. So we went all the way to the fucking front. Like where there's another one. Just walk right up. Right. We walk right up in line all the way to the front of the fucking line. I look behind me. Like I, I, my plan is all right. I'm front of the line. Whoever walks up behind me, I'm going to start playing like cautious. You know what I mean? I, I'm going to start taking slow steps and maybe pause a little bit and let them pass me. And then, then I can use them as a buffer. I look behind me. There's family, a bunch of little girls. I'm like, oh, fuck. <laughs> I can't even play that shit. So now I'm in front of the entire fucking pack. And this shit is wild, man. You you walk through, like, this, like, butcher shop type area where there's, like, like a surgery table and motherfucking sheet jumping up and down and, like, bloody shit everywhere. People are jumping out all over the fucking place. Um, they had, like, a corn maze type shit with, like, fog coming through and fucking rustling all over that shit was wild man they they really put it down on that one so we did like four out of the eight because again we were you know we kept splitting off from the kids and you know they were getting like all right we want to do rides with you and stuff so you know we ended up just just calling it that and like as we walked back through like the the maze one that we did with the um the mirrors was packed absolutely packed so like we must have just hit that at the right time where yeah like we got in and then, you know, 20 minutes later, fucking line is crazy, like hour long line. So it was just kind of like hit and miss depending on where you got in. And there was a couple, like we went to pass the line was crazy. So it was like, yeah, we'll skip that one. We'll skip that one. So we ended up doing like the, um, you know, 48 and, um, then, you know, they got the people running up on you in the park and shit. And I'm telling you, man, again, like I'm not, a I'm not trying to stereotype or anything like that, but, yo, black people were running like, like they thought that shit was real.
from, like, a clown would come jumping out, and motherfuckers went into, like, full sprints and jumped a hedge. <laughs> like, and they didn't even fuck with me, because they got somebody on, on, like, full fucking sprint over here. This motherfucker's going roadrunner. I'm just strolling through, like, oh, there go one. You know what I mean? Because you'd see a clown, but then he'd make a quick left, because he was chasing someone in a full sprint. <laughs> shit was, shit, shit made it easier on you, you know what I mean? They didn't get to scare every fucking body, because they had people going, like, full-on fucking, you know, Speedy Gonzalez running from fucking uh, Sylvester and shit. <laughs> shit was wild. But uh, I had a lot of fun, and um, definitely going to do that shit again next year, maybe try to hit all the mazes this time, you know, next time around. Um, but, yeah, that that was a lot of fun. Um, let me see, what are we going to get into? Yeah, um, oh, I seen to, I, I don't have a whole lot to, like, context or anything to put this in, but I saw a picture of DJ Hyde in full Disney gear going to the ring. Disney hat, Disney shirt, hugging a fucking Mickey Mouse, uh, stuffed animal with, like, a, a Disney lollipop and all this shit. I, again, this would take a bunch of fucking work. But I said this shit probably a year, year and a half ago. I don't know if anyone can find it. But in one of my archives, I said, if DJ took the turn and started not taking himself so fucking seriously in the ring and making him the fucking goofball that we all see him as. Like, DJ is a running joke to a lot of people. And if he just, like, decided, like, to fucking give in to that and was in on the fucking joke, like, yeah, I know, I'm trying my best, but I'm a fucking goofball that loves Disney World with no kids. Yeah, I mean... Like, if he just kind of played that up a little bit, motherfuckers would have a good time with him. You know what I mean? And and I think he'd, he'd be more over than he would be trying to be, like, the big, dominating, badass. Like, no one buys that shit, dude. We, we see your fucking, your, your, your gym updates on fucking Instagram. Bro, are you, are you just trying to, like, is this, like, the cheapest way to have a dominatrix? Is that, is that, is that what the fuck is going on in there? Because, like, you got this woman in there calling you a bitch. And having you up there with your legs spread and shit. And they putting this on social media. You look like fucking... <laughs> shit is crazy as fuck, man. You can't think that that shit don't look crazy as fuck. You shouldn't still be fat, man. This shit is... <laughs> but I just thought it was funny because I saw it. And I was like, yo, I straight called that, man. I straight called that shit. Like, dude, if he... St-. And I was like, oh, look at fucking Disney Deej out there. But, uh, yeah, so I, I wish he would do that on a regular basis because, uh, oh, I had to point this out. Um, David Russell of the uh, Deathmatch Russell podcast, I like to refer him as Deathmatch is his first name. Uh, so Deathmatch had on um, a while back because I like to go into his archives and uh, listen to uh, his his shows for comedic value. He had on Nate Webb. And um, I I encourage everybody to go listen to this episode he had nate webb on and during the show he randomly breaks the news of huey lewis's death to nate webb nate responds to it immediately oh fuck dude i just saw him last year no fucking way that's fucking terrible like he's he's like really going through something like he just learned about an artist that he he legitimately likes died like this dude on the podcast just broke the news to him that he fucking, like, the dude died. He goes through the whole fucking thing, 
they're going like, fuck, man, fuck, like, several times. Like, he's really fucking dealing with this shit. And then, like, out of nowhere, Deathmatch goes, oh, wait, he just has hearing problems. I wish I could make that shit up, man. I wish I could make that shit up. Like, he said, like, yeah, he's dead. And then he goes, oh, wait, no, he just has hearing problems. He canceled his tour. And Nate just goes, what the fuck? Like, what the fuck, man? <laughs> Some shit. Like, it's the most fucking silly, awkward fucking situation I've ever heard on podcasts. Like, you can't write that shit. For the, for reasons like that, you gotta listen to Deathmatch, Russell. Like, that shit is fucking amazing. Fucking amazing. Um, so, yeah, there's a shout-out to that, dude. Um, so, let's get into the uh, GCW uh, Joey Janela's uh, uh, California Adventure, uh, something like that. Um, so, I guess, initially, it was... Uh, Joey Ryan versus Gage, and then something happened, I guess Joey Ryan tore his bicep or some shit like this, and uh, suddenly it became uh, David Arquette versus Gage. This is the thing, like, uh, who said it, Hurricane Helms said some shit, that GCW was completely irresponsible in booking this, and, uh, you know, for him to be untrained in this and this. Now, I understand, and I think Hurricane Helms understands, and anybody else understands, that David Arquette chose to do this. This is not against his will, anything like that. I don't think that's the point that that, uh, Hurricane Helms is trying to make. Because when I saw this shit and the way that it ended, and let's just quick run through that so we can talk about it overall. I always say we, but it's just me. I can talk about it. Um, David Arquette gets into a match with Nick fucking Gage. I mean, everybody knows what the fuck's about to happen. For whatever reason, they decide light tubes are a great idea for this match. Um, for a guy who's pretty much untrained. I mean, whether he was trained or not, I uh, sure as fuck didn't show in this match. Everything he did looked awkward. Um, this dude was clearly, clearly out of his fucking element just being in the ring. Um, they bring out light tubes, do a couple little spots. Guess he gets comfortable, whatever the case. Not comfortable enough. Gage goes to do, um, put the tube by his head and then smash it with like kind of like a cross face. He's from behind him and he's going to like cross face a tube into his, his face. You know, he's got the tube in front of his head. Well, Arquette freaks out and moves and Gage smashes the tube on Arquette's neck. Cuts him in the neck pretty good. Arquette kind of tries to go with it and then is holding his neck and he goes to like leave like he's he's contemplating leaving and he gets out of the ring and he kind of stops for a second then he goes back in the ring um i think he's he's pretty much going to go through the motions of this match but then gage grabs more light tubes and i think he went into full fucking panic mode like i can't let this fucking guy kill me here tonight or whatever the fuck was going through his head but he definitely was not in let's keep doing the glass shit mode at that point so he throws a chair at Gage and starts to try to, like, kind of shoot on him. Uh, Gage ends up, like, hip toss, kind of, like, grabbing his head, hip tossing him, like, judo tossing him almost, and just, like, holding him down for the pin. Or, you know, probably told him, like, stay the fuck down. Pins him. He gets out. 
Gage yells about it on the mic a little bit. You know, don't fuck. This is my house. Da, 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 all that shit. Now, here's my thoughts. It is 100% irresponsible on GCW's part to bring him in and to do that type of match. Is it a draw? Absolutely. Is it, is it worth money to put that fucking shit on your card? Does it draw attention to your company? Absolutely. Are you putting the entire fucking genre of deathmatch wrestling at risk by doing what you did? Absolutely. Because it cut this dude's neck. Anything could happen in any match. I mean, we've seen it all. We've seen Nick Gage almost die. Nick Gage couldn't have been fucking David Arquette. Deathmatch wrestling would have ceased to exist. If David Arquette gets cut a little bit fucking over, I don't know how far away it is. I'm not a fucking doctor. Jugular, he hits the fucking jugular and bleeds out. Which, look, man, sounds crazy, sounds far-fetched, but he got cut in his neck. That's not impossible to fucking happen. He bleeds the fuck out. Deathmatch wrestling is never happening in the United States again. You know how many fucking levels of the government have no idea and don't give a fuck that deathmatch wrestling exists? Some fucking actor that's well-known enough in Hollywood dies at deathmatch wrestling? You could fucking guarantee deathmatch wrestling will never fucking happen again. Um, so to me, it, it's completely irresponsible to do that. Um, if you're going to have a match, have it with Gage, let him squash him, do whatever the fuck. But like to bring glass into it when this guy's not fucking uh, trained to do that type of shit is crazy. Um, I know people were saying like Gage should have beat the shit out of him when he started shooting on him. Again, you're playing with fucking fire here when you're playing with a guy who's known by people who don't know shit about wrestling. A lot of the eyeballs you're bringing to this are people who don't know anything about wrestling, which is great if it goes off without a hitch. If it goes off with a near-death experience, could be fucking backlash. Not only that, another freak accident happened on the show. Marco Stunt snaps his fucking leg. This overall doesn't come off looking like a really great show for GCW. I mean, might have packed the house, might have went down well and all this shit like that. Like, I I don't know, um... I think that's fucking that's that's pretty terrifying as far as um you know what it could have done to deathmatch wrestling. And you you can call me a hater, oh I'm Debbie Downer, all of that, but again I, I prefer Ronnie reality if we're gonna call names. And uh that that's that's the hundred percent truth. If you, you can fucking legitimately tell me if this motherfucker died or even went into like critical fucking care, if this dude went into the fucking hospital was on some kind of touch and go situation you really think deathmatch wrestling would have continued to happen? There wouldn't have been sanctions and fucking laws and shit passed because they don't need fucking deathmatch wrestling to happen. Like any kind of sanctions and shit like that, like that they could, they could put down, they could fucking stop that shit in a heartbeat. They, they, there's no reason for them to just allow that shit. Deathmatch wrestling is kind of like uh, the wrestling fans' little secret for the most part. You know, it's it's well known, but it's not like you know, WWE known. You know how many people I used to show CZW to, and they're like, what the fuck? Are you fucking kidding me? Like, they knew wrestling, and they knew wrestling is like, oh, Hulk Hogan, oh, that fake stuff, this and that. And then I'd show them the fucking wife beater matches and shit, and they were like, dude, this is fucking insane. And, like, a handful of those dudes, I'd bring them to CZW from work. Because for a while, I had just, like, reserved front row, and it was just like, I had, like, a, a good, like, four-seat block, so it would be, like, 
me, Nina, and like whoever I was bringing or like two people that I was bringing. So it was like, yeah, it was just like, hey, you want to go? And, okay, yeah, we need four. And then fucking, you know, we're a tournament of death with a motherfucker who never saw a deathmatch wrestle, wrestling before, sitting front row, seeing that shit. So believe me, like, it, it opens fucking eyes to people real quick. And people who are interested in it are blown away. The people who don't want wrestling to have chairs in it and uh, that want wrestling to end because of head trauma and shit like that, like, enough of those motherfuckers on the outside start seeing like you know 200 light tube matches and fucking razor boards and the type of shit that GCW is doing like GCW shouldn't fucking you know walk on thin ice when they get away with the amount of shit that they have I mean they were doing shit in Jersey they weren't allowed to do in fucking Jersey but they were just getting away with it because nobody was pressing the fucking issue and even if people were calling or whatever, because I know that's the big thing. CZW called the cops every week, and they couldn't stop us. Yeah, you know, okay. Maybe they didn't call the right people or some shit. I don't know. I'm pretty sure, like, Big Japan death matches weren't allowed to happen in Jersey. But you got away with them, so that's fucking great. I mean, it's great for the fans of deathmatch wrestling. And as long as you could do that shit without incident, great. But boy, oh boy, are you risking incident when you have a fucking untrained fucking guy in there with Gage. And, uh, shit, that's crazy. And, you know, Gage, Gage is, is known to be a bad motherfucker. <laughs> I mean, like, amongst wrestlers, he, he's a guy that's like, don't fuck with that guy. And then you got David Arquette in with him. Like, come on. I mean, it's just, it's just kind of crazy. And I know, you know, Gage is a professional wrestler. He can protect people and this and that. But, like, glass is unpredictable anyway. And if you don't handle shit the right way, as, as, as you saw, you know, he panicked. Shit, shit was on him. But I, I just think that's a that's a really, really bad, unnecessary risk to deathmatch wrestling. You know, that's, that's my opinion. Um, but, you know, I, I've thought that about a lot of things that some some GCW has done, some um, um, Deep South has done, because I still think you, you get a legitimate death, even a, even a wrestler. You get a legitimate death in deathmatch wrestling. And I think you're going to have a hard time running anywhere. And, you know, I mean, Gage came close. I mean, it, there's, you know, motherfuckers have come close. And, and then, like, Deep South is down there allowing the fans to fucking string up razor wire while they're fucking banging hard alcohol off a fucking flask in the fucking summer heat. <laughs> like, some some motherfuckers are putting the whole shit at risk a little bit more than others. I mean, it's just, let's be fucking straight up honest, you know? I mean, when Alex Colon dove over the fucking rail and fucking cut my arm with the wire and shit, it's not about me, but when when he did that, in front of me was a family, and I, I don't know what relation they are or whatever, maybe they're related to wrestlers, maybe I don't know. They started going like a couple years ago, and it's like three generations of, of chicks. It's like a, a young girl, her mother, and her mother. It's like a grandmother uh, a mother and and a younger girl like teenage girl they were sitting directly in front of me so again maybe if they didn't go to concession stand this and that we're talking about a different thing that happened in fucking delaware with the fucking wire and and maybe that was the end there's a lot of risk there's a lot of risk being taken it's obviously a very very dangerous thing that needs to be handled by professionals when i first started going to deathmatch wrestling and you know czw and shit you really felt like you were in the middle of a crime scene like somebody's gonna run in here and shut this shit down any minute 
and over the years, people have gotten more and more comfortable with it. And it's just part of the game now. And now everybody's just free and, and wild with it. But like, yo, that, that game changer world shit, man. There was no room for ventilation. You were sucking ridiculous amount of light tube gas. Um, that first, uh, I think it was what, the first tournament of survival? Yeah, the first tournament of survival. They had those skyscraper light tubes that were like fucking four feet above the ropes. And they, like, teetered towards the crowd every time the motherfuckers hit the other ropes. Like, they'd fucking, that, like, a whole row of them would, like, fucking teeter like they were going to flip over the ropes and just, like, kick into the crowd. Like, there, there are some ridiculous risks that have been taken. And, I mean, if, if you're going to use that as part of the aura of deathmatch wrestling, it's like, oh, it's so scary and dangerous. But, like, there's a real fucking deal there. Like, there's, there's some real shit that can happen. And it's bound to. Um, this David Arquette thing was was dodging a bullet very narrowly and um you know instead of everybody you know cheering for gcw being so fucking badass and this and that like you should count your fucking lucky stars that they're still a gcw right now after that type of shit because and that that's not me just being you know negative and this and that but yo that's that's a major shit as far as i'm concerned so um so yeah i i think i'll pretty much wrap it up at that man you know did did about an hour and a half uh, let me see if there's anything else I want to touch on real quick. Oh, uh, also, I noticed that, um, you know, the, the whole show was booked. Oh, let's go a little bit longer. Uh, the whole show was booked in a way where um, they were kind of doing like the Joey Janela spring break thing. They were booking a bunch of big names and, and uh, attractive matches and this and that. But I noticed that Marcus Crane was definitely not happy with not being included on this because he had booked, he had uh, posted some shit online like, you know, uh, if you liked what they did tonight, you should look at what they really do, you know, what this company was built off of and shit. And like, he really seemed to have voiced his, uh, opinion a little bit about not being involved in it. As far as I know, he wasn't involved in it. I didn't see the whole card or anything else. I watched the, uh, Arquette match. That was it. Um, but, uh, he definitely didn't seem happy about, you know, his, his lack of involvement in the show. And, and I can't blame him. I mean, he's a guy who really did, one of many, but he, I mean, he was the June Gazai of GCW. This was the guy where it was like, we have pigeon spikes. Who's going to fall on that? Marcus Crane. We got a razor board. Who's going to Marcus Crane. We got fucking dry ice. Marcus Crane. We got fucking, uh, we got saws fucking taped to a board. Marcus Crane. Scissors Crane. Like this dude was taking every fucking thing under the sun that your craziest deathmatch wrestlers would go, fuck that. Not doing it. Fucking not doing that shit. You know? Um, so you got to give that guy so much fucking credit for what he's put out. And yeah, he should be on every fucking GCW show anywhere they go. Any ability they have to fly him fucking with them. He should absolutely fucking be there. Um, I got new chickens. I got two more chickens. Um, I, I, I'm all set for now. I, uh, again, this is another thing I love. So I know, uh, people are getting all comfortable with the hate and I'm such a Debbie Downer. Uh, but I rescued two more chickens. They, uh, came from a hoarding facility. This woman had, um, I think like eight dogs, uh, something, something along those lines, a bunch of cats. Um, she had, uh, chickens. She had lovebirds, guinea pigs, rabbits, um, parrots, parakeets, ringneck parakeets. Um, I mean, insane amount of, of things and there was just shit like an inch of shit on the entire floor of the whole house 
Um, the chickens had a, like a little coop outside that was all disgusting. Um, and uh, so I think we got seven chickens. Uh, well, five chickens, two roosters. I'm not keeping any roosters because, uh, yeah, they, they get very loud. You get noise ordinances and all of that type of shit. So, um, you know, my job kept them. And uh, I took two of the hens. And um, they're fucking awesome. Absolutely fucking awesome. I can't tell you enough about how awesome these chickens are. You can watch my videos and shit that I put up. But um, I, I never knew how personable chickens were until I owned them. Uh, I owned, you know, ducks. I have ducks and pigeons. And um, they're dope, man. They're, they're, they're pretty cool. But, uh, I mean, they, they don't really give a fuck whether you live or die. <laughs> uh, they just do their own thing. Uh, my one duck, he comes in like attacks your leg and stuff, and he's cool like that. But uh, yeah, he doesn't really, doesn't really like follow you around or anything like that. And uh, chickens, man, they fucking they come running up on you. They're interested in what you're about. You could feed them all sorts of fucking snacks and shit. Um, they got a good diet of pellets and cracked corn, and um, you know, all hooked up with what they should be eating. But then besides that, they absolutely love grapes and pumpkin and this and that. Like, you can feed them just about fucking anything. There's a handful of things you can't. And they, like, they come fucking running. Like, you you go into that pen. I have a big pen. It's about 20 feet by 16 feet. All fucking tarped over the top. Fucking fenced in. Wire buried. Predator proof. All that shit. And, um, yeah, man. It, it's, it's fucking awesome to hang out with them. Because they, uh, I mean, they, they really have a lot of personality i had no no idea you know i've worked with animals for a long time and you know we got a zoo out there but you know until you own them and they know like you're you're their guy you know you you go out there and they fucking they really they recognize you you know they they know what the fucking deal is so they're really cool i, I had no idea but um let me see what else uh i've been doing my puppet videos on a weekly basis um i'm doing uh puppet betting and and I started doing this because I've been betting on football games all year since the uh, betting is sports betting is legal in New Jersey, which has not worked out in my favor thus far. But I have a lot of fun with it. I bet like 40 bucks every week and I'll pick like a bunch of parlays and I'll put it on there. It's crazy because when you look at the parlays like now, look, I mean, it's, it's like a fucking scratch off lottery ticket, right? Put one dollar. On like your fucking. Uh. 14 game parlay or 15 game parlay right just bet every fucking every game of the week with the point spreads and shit the way you feel it's going to come out if by chance and again way crazy fucking odds if by chance you get all the fucking games right for your one dollar you'll win like fucking three grand or five grand or some shit like that so it's like a fucking dollar is worth just like putting it down like that you know fuck i can't get a fucking five game spread or a four game spread right so believe me i'm never winning that shit but it's fucking fun to you know to do and and to see the fucking crazy numbers like there's some shit i looked at oh man uh what was it fucking a couple weeks ago it was like a five dollar bet which i didn't i didn't place the five dollars on that because i usually don't put anything like that like five bucks on on something like a 15 game spread but it was like five bucks on a 15 game spread. It was like $126,000 if it came in <laughs> and you would bet $5. Like that's, that's how fucking, uh, gambling addicts are created. But, um, but yeah, like I'll, I'll put like 10 bucks on like a, a six game parlay or a five game parlay. And like the payout would be like 300 if you win. 
and I've been like one fucking game from winning like so many times. Um, that fucking Chiefs Rams game. Anybody football fans? If you're not football fans, everything I just said is worthless to you. But uh, if you're football fans, that Chiefs Rams game. I had the fucking Chiefs. I had the fucking Chiefs. Money line it just means the Chiefs just had to win. And that was the last game of my fucking parlay, and I would have won 300 bucks. So, <laughs> yeah, if you watch that fucking game, you know what the fuck I'm saying right now. That game was off the fucking chain, and I had fucking 300 possible dollars on it that was lost in, like, the last fucking minute of the game. Back and forth, back and forth, all fucking night to fucking lose that shit. That was fucking crazy. So I had that, and then this week, I had a five-game parlay. Four games won. I, I won two on Thanksgiving and another two in the afternoon, like the morning games, one o'clock games. Four o'clock game, all I had was the Colts. The Colts had to fucking win by seven and a half. These motherfuckers were down all day, came back, and won by fucking three. <laughs> So this is how my fucking season has been going. But again, like I, you know, my Niners are fucked up. Yeah, you know I mean, Jimmy G being out just fucking cashed the season for us. We had fucking Jimmy G go out. We had um Moster broke his fucking arm. Um before the season even started, Jarek McKinnon fucking tore his ACL too. Um we just had fucking somebody else broke their shit just this past week, Jimmy Ward. Just broke his shit. I mean, we got motherfuckers like everyone just going out for the fucking year. Um, so our season's fucked anyway. And then um, this gives me like fucking something to watch. Like I'm a, I'm in like an office pool. You know, it's like 85 bucks for the season. And if you win a week, you win 85 bucks. You win at the end, it's like 700 or something like that. You know, if you win all the, you know, the most out of the season. And I've won those a couple of times. So I know I'm decent at picks and stuff. Last year I won it. Um, but, um, so it, it gives me something like I'm fucking amped at games right now because, you know, I put out 40 bucks, so it is what it is. Um, but again, the losses kind of gives me like this fucking thing. And I had this idea, like I've been slipping with my puppets. I really want to do more puppetry. I want to, I want to really get more into it. Um, you know, I was a huge Jim Henson fan as a kid. I got these professional grade puppets. And I wanted to do more with them, but I had a hard time. You know, I work six days a week, too. So I had a hard time coming up with, like, content and, like, what I would do consistently and something that I could keep up with and keep rolling and, and, and do that I could, you know, continue, you know. So that way, like, I'd, I'd have something to, to go from this to that to that to that to that. And I thought about it. I'm like, how much fun would it be if I could kind of make fun of my own betting situation because I have the one puppet pitching a bet to the other guy who's making the bet. And then the following week, I have the guy who made the fucking bet complaining about how he lost all his fucking bets. Obviously, in the scenario where I win the fucking bet, I'll have plenty to talk about why I won the fucking bet. We'll cross that bridge when I get there. Hasn't fucking happened yet. So I'm like, uh, now this is coming up on like four weeks of doing these videos. And, you know, I'll go back and forth, and I have two more puppets that I didn't even debut on the fucking, on this whole storyline yet. So we'll go forward with this. Um, I'm having a lot of fun with it. Yeah, everybody, you know, if you can, share that shit. Fucking like it. Subscribe. All of that type of shit. I'd appreciate it. Again, 
I, I've explained this to people a lot of times. Um, podcasting is a hobby. It, it's one of many hobbies, and it's not even my favorite hobby. I like to fucking talk, so this is what it comes down to when it comes to the podcasting thing. I like to fucking talk. Um, obstacle course racing is one of my hobbies. I have a you know great passion for that shit because that's where I could face my I could uh. I could um, steer my athleticism towards that and see what I, you know, where I measure up on a yearly basis. Um, and uh, let me see what time I got. I got 23 minutes. Let me talk a little bit about that. Um, so next year, I decided to not do the Spartan races. I have done four trifectas in a row. Um, Spartan trifectas, uh, it's the, the sprint, which is your shorter one, which is three to five miles. The... Super, which is 10 miles, I believe, and the Beast, which is 14 plus. Um, oh, and for the most part, they're all on fucking mountains. So, like, sometimes that Beast, like, when I first started doing it, the, they had the Beast, like, a little bit longer. They did a lot more altitude change, and the Beast took me, like, seven fucking hours the first time I did it. Um, crazy, crazy fucking shit. Like, it really tests you, and... um. I know, so, you know, a lot of things, you know, when I do stuff like this, I accomplish them, and when I know I accomplished them, I know I did them, I can move on. Like, I don't I don't need to just keep doing the same thing over and over and over. I, I want to do different things. I want to try different things, and um, the Spartan races have become less fun. They're very, very challenging, and um, that's, that's what they really steer themselves towards, is really testing you mentally, and... and the endurance and, uh, you know, pushing you to a place you didn't think you can go to, which I, I really liked. And, uh, I, I'm sure I'll get back at Spartan races at some point too. Um, what I decided to do and, um, because a lot of times too, you know, you do the Spartan races, well, that runs into a lot of other races that you wanted to do and you really don't get to do because they're the same weekend or the, you know, you know, the next weekend and shit like that. And I've done like back-to-back weekend races. Last year I did, um, or this year I did, um, uh, back-to-back uh, the the Spartan Sprint Stadium race at uh, City Field, and then a week later did Spartan Beast at uh, Vernon, and then uh, ended my season by doing uh, the Super Spartan, and then a week later, Super Spartan is brutal too. In the fucking summer in like the Poconos area, shit is always fucking blazing hot and just fucking crazy. Uh, I think that's Palmerton. Um, so I did that, and then a week later I did Tough Mudder and I ended up doing a Tough Mudder and a half, like on top of it. Um, so like I've done like the back-to-back weeks. Uh, I used to do like the like the September October races, which could get really fucking cold, especially Tough Mudder, like. Uh, in October could get brutal because they throw you in a lot of fucking water, your body temperature drops and you got like mild hypothermia through the whole fucking race. So it's like, I've completed these things to know that like I can do it. And then I don't really need to just continue to do them to prove that I can. So a lot of this becomes like, I want to do things that are fun as well as challenging. You know what I mean? And I did four years at a Spartan races. That doesn't mean I'm knocking challenge off the fucking table because I don't feel like going through those Spartan races. Uh, my plans for this year, this next coming year, I think, to the best of my knowledge, is going to be Bone Frog in New Jersey, which is one of, it, it has probably been my favorite race for the past two years. 
Um, very, very challenging, crazy fucking obstacles, a lot of fucking fun. Um, Bonefrog has been great. Well, they started up like a, um, kind of like their own trifecta where you do the tier one, which is the sprint and the challenge back to back, which is the one I've been doing for a couple of years. And then you have to do a sprint by itself and a challenge by itself. So I'm going to do the, um, what the fuck did I just say? Tier one, the the back to back joint, and then I'm gonna go to another one and sign up for the two races and do them singularly, and then I'll have my my uh I think it's called like a Bone Frog Trident. So uh, Bone Frog June eighth I'm gonna be doing in Jersey, um June twenty second I believe it is is the uh, Savage race. And that's in, like, Pennsylvania. It's, like, two and a half hours away. Um, I've never done a Savage race before, but I've been really, really intrigued by their obstacles. They have some really innovative obstacles, some of the dopest shit I've ever seen. And I'm really excited to finally be able to do a Savage race because I've been seeing their advertisements and shit, but it's always like, oh, that's the same weekend as this, or that's the same weekend as that. And it's like, fuck. So every year I got to cross it off. So I'm going to travel a little bit further to do that because I've never done that one before. Um, then you got mm, July 20th, Tough Mudder in, uh, Long Island again, which I love the Tough Mudder in Long Island because it's hot as fuck and there's tons of water. So it's like one of those, you want to do Tough Mudder in the heat, cold sucks. Um, and then we're talking about August, me doing, um, my goal Here's my goal is to do the OCR. I'm sorry. I'm trying to read like my scribble down on this paper. Um, the OCR obstacle course race world championships in Vermont. Another one of my like bucket list items, uh, the world championships. I've actually qualified for it two years in a row. Um, you can qualify for them by, by nailing, you know, uh, uh, a time within a certain range or in a certain age group in one of the qualifying races, which could be, you know, bone frog could be tough mutter. Now I don't think tough mutter cause they're not, they have a timed course, but I, I don't think, I don't know if that qualifies, but Spartan rugged maniac. I mean, there's a bunch of them. So you can qualify or you can go in like the open class of that. But these motherfuckers are serious. Like they'll do fucking like random drug testing and shit for like, um, performance enhancing shit. Like, like they're all over you and shit. Um, but again, like super fucking innovative obstacles, some of the craziest shit ever. And like, yeah, world championship type shit. Um, it's supposed to be amazing. So that like, I'm going to have to sign up fucking book a plane ticket and all of that shit to go to Vermont to do that. Um, another thing that I would love to fucking accomplish this, this could be my favorite race season ever. Um, I'm training hard as fuck too. Um, and it's still so early. But, um, yeah, like that, and then to close it out with the final Bone Frog in Long Island to get the other two parts of that uh, in August 17th, you know, to, to get the other two parts of that Trident thing so that I would finish that. So if I nailed that down, it would actually be one, two, three, four, five, six, six races instead of the normal five that I was doing um, with the... Um, Spartans, so I don't know if that was all completely boring or not, but fucking whatever. 
Um, so yeah, that that's my plan. That's my goal. Um, I kind of like, you know, it was a little weird, you know, going like, I'm not, you know what? I don't think I'm going to do Spartan this year. Fucking really? Yeah. But like the reason is like I just explained and, and I, and I really think I'm going to have a lot more fun and a lot more challenge and, um, you know, hit some new avenues and shit I haven't done before. And, um, I'm really excited about it. It, it starts my race season out way late too. So I'm going to have like so much extra training time because my race season usually starts in fucking April. And now we're, we're talking about starting in June and doing like fucking two races in June, one in July and two in August. And well, the one in August is like two races the same day, but whatever you want to call that five or six. But, um, yeah, so I'm excited. I'm excited again. We're a long ways away to even be talking about it, but what, what the fuck? Um, I got a lot more shit to talk. I didn't want to like crack open any other, uh, things and I, and I'll wait till next week to get into all those other things. So I plugged the puppet thing. I plugged, uh, Jeremy's, uh, I got your five stars, uh, Shaheen and M's, uh, THT podcast, uh, some of the other shit on that network. You know what I mean, don't, um, then you got, uh, what else? fuck else you know what i want to shout out fucking uh daniel over at hell in the cell podcast this is a podcast i never fucking liked i gotta tell you straight up but the dude has like he's real humble he's got a great fucking sense of humor i pretty much called his podcast his podcast trash and he kind of just laughed it off and fucking liked it and like even shouted out my fucking show when he had sozio on and, and I really respect that because I definitely didn't start off the conversation with him or start off the uh, the banter with him in any kind of positive light. And he still took it, uh, you know, just in the flow of things. And he, he's got a really good spirit about things. So I, I'll give his show a shout out. It's not obviously not going to be a weekly thing, but I really appreciate his attitude towards everything, as I said, and I took it. And you know, again, his, his show isn't my cup of tea, but um, I respect him for not being a jerk off. I, I was being a jerk off back, I guess. <laughs> but uh, yeah, shout out to that. And uh, I think that's about all I got. Um, fucking shout out everything. Yo, it, if you guys want to buy fucking DVDs, uh, I have a handful. I posted the fucking list on my uh, on my Facebook. Um, big shout out to Russell, man. Russell is a listener to the show. Um, fucking hooked me up. Bought some DVDs off me. He he offered to fucking make a donation. I don't do that donation shit, man. I'm not about it. Um, I'll sell you something. Yeah, I mean, I want to send you something on to fucking try to give you something in exchange. If you're trying to give me money for this show, uh, fucking, you know, I got the shirts. You know, I got the fuck out of here shirts. I got a, I'm a John Zandy guy shirts. You know, still there. And then uh, like I got a handful of DVDs, wrestling DVDs, some best ofs and some other shit here and there, and it does, it's like fucking three for 25, you know, three shows for 25 bucks, and, uh, you know, they're gone, they're gone, I don't have multiple copies of anything or anything like that, um, so, you know, plus, you know, five dollars shipping, something like that, uh, depending on where you're at, and, uh, you know, it, it just, it'll help out the show a little bit, and just help me out in general, you know what I mean, I have bills to pay out this motherfucker, work six days a week, but, you know, when you do extra little hobby shit like this, you know, could, could, uh, could help to have a little kickback and a little bit of help. So couldn't hurt. Hit me up if you're interested. If not, is what it is. Um, 
And uh, I think that's about all I got. Um, fuck, man. I, I feel like I'm forgetting something because it's been so fucking long. But, um, yeah, check out everything I said. And uh, I will fucking be back maybe even later this week, man. I don't know. I definitely know I still got some more shit to say. A couple, you know, larger topics that I can get back into. And um, I, I don't want to uh, get into anything and get cut off or anything like that. So uh, let me see. I think I got my motherfucking outro. There it is. Alright, talk to y'all motherfuckers later. Peace. Talk to y'all later. Have a nice night. Stay dry. It's raining again. Tired as rain. Makes my grass green. I won't complain about that. That's all I gotta say. I'm out of here. I love all of y'all and, uh, shit. You're all a bunch of fucking assholes. You've been in the gym, bro. You know why? DJ Hyde, fuck you. You don't have the guts to be what you want to be. You need people like me. I listen to your, to your podcast and I'll find everything out. You know what I mean? You need people like me so you can point your fucking fingers and say, that's the bad guy. So, what I make you? Good. Like Jesus tell me, tells me all the time to listen to what you got to say because you be blazing people. And I'm like, well, I got to hear it now. <laughs> you just know how to hide. How to lie. Me, I don't have that problem. Me, I always tell a truth. Even when I lie. The Jews are just radio. Jesus! A sacred night to the bad guy. I'm going to tell you something, self, the motherfucking press. I ain't coming for no foolishness.